You are now listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Alon. And I am Jimmy. And in case you don't know by now, it's time to get embarrassed with us. Howdy, howdy. Ahoy. Arr, dargy, dargy. <laughs> dargy, dargy. Don't even open up that pirate can of worms, man. You don't want, you don't want to see where that goes. You know, on my way to the studio, I was thinking to myself, what would happen if I said ahoy, and where would it go? I'm telling you, man, I, I got to stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I, can't, I can't start walking that plank. It's going to be bad news. Thanks so much again for being here. Every Thursday at 3 p.m., this is the show where we go and talk about your old tapes, your old audio from yesteryears, and uncover the magic and mystery that was your childhood or those embarrassing times of your 20s whenever. It doesn't matter when. It just it has to be old. <laughs> See, when you speak, the, this air vibrations, they go out into the ether, and sometimes they're lost. Sometimes they're recorded. It's true. And when you record them, you often don't listen to them because people got things to do. If you want to submit anything, you can email us at lostandrewound at gmail.com. We are Freeform Radio that only survives with the kind contributions of the listener that is you. If you want to contribute anything at all, do come to our Patreon page at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. Yes, you can pledge allegiance to the show. With a dollar, two dollar, three dollar, five dollar, ten dollar, a hundred dollar. So much swag. Salute, so many. Salute with cash. Salute with cash with your <laughs> real American pesos. And if you want to sponsor our show directly. You can go to uh, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash L-A-R. We have an amazing show lined up for you this week. So let's begin. is a New York City-based actor-slash-singer whose roots are in the Midwest. Hailing from Perryville, Missouri, Joy has devoted her life's work to the stage and screen. She's been all over the world singing and performing, from Europe to Central and South America. Now, she's back in New York full-time and has a one-woman show playing for one night only through the United Solo Theater Festival on Thursday, November 3rd. 
We have her here in the studio to talk about that and much, much more. Welcome, Joy. Hey. Welcome, welcome, I'm welcome. I'm the only person clapping. Is there, am, I, am I supposed to be clapping too? No, I just really wanted to clap because I'm really happy she's here. All right, we don't clap when our guests come in the studio. I don't clap. I don't clap next to the mic, man. <laughs> well, I wasn't clapping. Next to the mic. I know. I was just breaking. Joy, <laughs> trying to break up my applause. I know. I was. I was. I mean, I haven't seen you perform, so I don't know the level of quality. To be fair, I have not seen this show either, but it is only playing for one night, and I am excited to see it because I, I, it sounds like it could be good. I believe in you. <laughs> Joy, what exactly got you the chance to do this show, and what is it about? Well, basically, I took a solo performance theater class in graduate school and knew immediately that I wanted to write a show that used only verbatim entries for my sixth grade journal uh-huh. because they are amazing and i was out of control at that time of my life it's and it's out of control recorded. time it was yeah. not, for everyone it's for everyone it's yeah. a very universal thing that everybody has to go through called puberty it's already a lot of the things that makes great theater which is like it's very honest it's very heightened it's very truthful and it's authentic that is the that is the time in life where you basically make the choice of who are you going to be i know or you try yeah. to you, or you, you try to. to you try or to or you think you think you should be even yeah but you know you you take that step <laughs> what did you what was your thing jimmy what was what was jimmy like in 6th grade Okay, I guess the decision. I feel like it's. I feel like it's like a bad movie where it's like you had two different paths. One path was the side of light, and one path was the side of dark. And which uh-huh. way was you gonna go? You know, you had you had one way you could be this bad boy. You could be, you know? and like so, I decided to not be a bad boy. Fair enough. <laughs> I decided to not to forgo a life of crime and joy. Well, what was what was shining bright? The dark side or the light side? I would say the dark side, <laughs> but nice. I still maintained some of the light side. I think I was bouncing back and forth between the light side and the dark side, and that's what made it so interesting. You grew up in a very small town, smack dab in the middle of Missouri. True, in the middle of Missouri, Perryville, Missouri. Missouri. What's Perryville like? Perryville is a very small town where you can probably like count the stoplights. Like, actual stoplights on stop signs, probably on two hands. Mm -hmm. My school was K through 12, 40 students. Goodness. So I I only had 12 girls in my class. So I went to school with 12 females from K through 12. You might even beat my, yeah, you might even beat my uh, graduating class. I I graduated in a class of 23. You beat me. Mine was 40. How? What? Oh, my God. 40 kids. I mean, either way, that's a very small school, though. Yeah, yeah my graduating small. class was, was, was three or four hundred. <laughs> New York City right there. And I was the small school. And everyone was like, oh, you got a school with like 1,300 people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. They're like, what am I, selective? Did your parents uh, grow up in that part of the world they as well? They did. They did. My dad was from about 30 minutes north of this actually really cool French town called St. Genevieve, mm. which has... Don't quote me on this, but some of the most still standing French architecture in North America. Hmm. Um, And it just was made a national park, which is pretty crazy. But that's not where I grew up. That's 30 minutes north. Yeah, there just isn't really a lot to do in small towns, but like get in trouble because there's no movie theater. There's no mall. There's no kid hangout. Yeah, I I had friends that told me about, you know, from small towns. 
about like the the hijinks you'd have to get into. Yeah, you know, you're like, well, I'll tell you, man, that drive through was a lot more. You had to figure yeah. out how to make that fun. You'd go to parking <laughs> lots, you drive down one road all night and tr- hope that maybe you drive by a car that has someone in it that you like and <laughs> see if you can get them to pull over to parking lot and mm-hmm. then like have nothing happen then but kind of <laughs> like look at each other and walk around in letter jackets it's like pretty fucking lame but wow like, i mean yeah I, I, so that in that situation where there's that few kids are you is there even clicks or is it just pe- groups is. of people there are definitely clicks i mean it was interesting enough, my brother, who's three years older, he is a skater. Um, he lives in St. Louis now. He still skates. He works for Vans. He's like a sales rep. But he, because he didn't play football, he was immediately outcasted. I mean, it's just really like sports or nothing. Absolutely. Which is that's unfortunate his, that's his country, you man. fall yeah. somewhere yeah. off that spectrum. Um, in New York, we I'll tell you this. Um, unless you went to Catholic school, we didn't have football teams. There was no room for a football field. Football that. field ain't making you money. I'm kind of into that. We had, uh, I mean, in my college, <laughs> we had a T-shirt that said uh, Emerson College football undefeated since 1883, which was the year <laughs> that the school was founded because nice. they never had a football <laughs> nice. team. <laughs> Joy, when you were growing up in this small town, how did Joy Dons, the actor, get her roots in in theater, being in such a small environment where there wasn't much inspiration on the performance tip. Well, I'll tell you some of the things I did to be involved in the arts. I drove 40 minutes away to a dance studio taught by a woman who ate McDonald's every day. It's like a <laughs> lot of cigarettes. Her name was, was, I won't even say her name. I can't even handle it. I don't think I learned anything. And then I... Um, was in the church variety show, singing whatever whatever I could. I mean, mm-hmm. I actually I actually got into there was a time during Dear Diary Journal, my solo show time. I was getting in trouble a lot. I got in a lot of trouble in high school, and there was one day that I wrote a note that told everybody to fall out of their seat at two fifteen p.m. and passed it around, and everybody did except one guy, and. Of course, the teacher found out it was me, and, like, I had a meeting with the principal, and they were like, Joy, we just feel like you're really using your leadership skills in, like, the wrong way. <laughs> That's perfect. Like... That's perfect. And then my mom – I like, like that it's somewhat constructive at the same I, time. It was. And my mom at the time was, like, seeing a counselor or whatever about, you know, as parents and we as adults do – she was talking to her counselor. She was like, Joy's just, like, getting in all this trouble. I don't know what to do. Like, blah, blah, blah. The counselor had seen me in an acting class when I was, like, seven over at the public school. And I had done some stupid, weird storybook monologue where I did, like, 30 different voices. And I was just so in it. And she was like, I think maybe Joy is just bored. I think that maybe you need to find, like, some outlets for her because I think she just – is not acting out to be malicious. She's acting out because she's fucking bored. Yeah. Can I cuss? I'm sorry. I'm just you cuss all sorry. you want. Yeah, it's just, this is independent. You can just, just cuss just up on Do what hero. you want. And I had the exact same thing happen. Yeah, I way. think it happens to a lot of artists. You know, yeah. we. 
Because this world, you know, just need to turn it on its head. On a similar note, I was brought into the world of acting because the nature of my being was that of so much energy that my parents didn't know what I was going to do. And I knew it wasn't acting out whatsoever, like um, was in your story, Joy. It was more just the fact that I wanted nothing more than to just emote and exert and <laughs> perform and make some kind of spectacle so they thought oh then we should totally put him on stage that'll be great so that kind of set the course for that what was your first stage performance as oh god it's so like, weird to mention like this becoming the interviewer no no no, no. <laughs> i really want to know oh no 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 it's fine i don't know if you've ever heard of a play called the bluebird it's, that, it's, that would be the name of your first it's play. It's like an elementary play <laughs> kind of thing. I, you know, I, I wish I could tell you more about it, but it was when I was six years old. I remember I was turning seven in 1989, and I had been cast as a part of the ensemble as one of the bluebirds, so to speak. But evidently, like, I looked... I, but no, I looked up info about this online, and evidently, like, I guess it was a Russian play where there were characters like Bread and water, and there's a cat and a dog, and there's grandparents. Where was this at? Woodstock, Woodstock of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. bread. My first role was yeah, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yes, I played bread. <laughs> I, you know, I, I got a grain of truth from it. I actually, I remember some of the songs from that, including the only two adults, I think, in the show who were grandparents, and they had a song that was like, every time you think of us, smile or shed a tear, we wake up and we see your face do, 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 do. I think it was like supposed to be this bittersweet song about the grandparents who are basically dying but they're like don't worry you'll always be thinking of us all the time wow. and we'll be there yeah, right? people, people, really don't, people don't people don't sing songs in their deathbed <laughs> despite yeah. how much you wish they would <laughs> what was your first play enjoy you know um, we may be listening to one of my first oh because I was four in that, so... Preschool graduation. Preschool graduation, four or five. But I mean... That was a preschool graduation, that was a show that you were doing? It was like a recital. Oh. It's a preschool recital, and I don't remember asking to sing a solo. I don't remember why that happened. But I also did take, you know, I was taking those dance classes, so I started that at three. So I guess I had a couple recitals. You had some moves. Yeah, I wasn't good at the practice, like, in the, when you were learning the dance, I was kind of always over it, but as soon as there was people, I was like, well, nobody can see what I'm doing right now, because it's a podcast, but I was like, <laughs> really, ready to go. Not quite jazz hands, but almost there. <laughs> yeah, it's a different but level of be- intensity. Bebop palms, we'll call them. Let's, uh, I'm in front of people are looking at me. <laughs> well, let's take a quick listen to uh, the clip of which you refer to, and uh, maybe some answers will be gotten. Is being sung there. I think 
that that song is from? Do you know those little rascal movies that are like black and white little rascal sure. movies? Old school. For sure. I'm pretty sure that who was the main little rascal that had the girlfriend with Alfalfa. 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 Al- right. So did he have or, a Tommy? Was there a Tommy? There was a Tommy. There so was a Buckwheat. Tommy, I think Tommy's girlfriend, Darla, maybe. Yeah, Tommy. Yeah. Tommy was the main one, really. Alfalfa was like he was always looking for Alfalfa. Remember, and then he'd be like, Alfalfa always... has the hair. Uh, yeah, and but they both had like... girlfriends. I Tommy think. was the protagonist, more or less, if you can yes. call it that. But Tommy. then, but then uh, Alfalfa was the one who was always kind of like getting into trouble. He was sort of the mischievous, the, yeah, the, the comedic relief. And then there was Spanky, who was uh, I awesome. don't know, yeah. Well, okay, so Darla, Darla though, the kind of like. Betty of her time, even though she was like three, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she like sang that song in some kind of weird show, and I was obsessed with it, and I hmm. would sing it over and over and over. I think that's, I think that's what it's from. Yeah, no, I mean that's really obscure, but not so obscure for that generation. And you were belting it, really. I was belting. And you were the really video, going. In. I just do this the whole time. And I hold my hand on my heart. <laughs> that, that diva pose. That's that yeah. diva. Like, hold on, I'm about to. I'm about to give myself the vapors. There, there was a part <laughs> in that recital where we danced, partner dance to Rock and Robin, Sweet, and I was so fucking pumped to be dancing with Chad Reinwald at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like. A little bird child on steroids, so excited. I think there was a time where I started lifting up my skirt. Like, I almost needed to take my clothes off. I was so pumped. And my parents were like, what the fuck are we going to do with her? She's out of control. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. uh, But that's how it starts. That's how it all starts. It's always, every one of us has one of those moments where the parents just go, Oh, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of very untapped potential that you had, I guess, being in such a small town, but that you got chances like this to act out and be as completely flashy as possible. You, there was nobody competing for the spotlight, per se. No, there definitely was not. I mean, not in the same way. Like, it was... <laughs> Even the other was... kids on stage were just like... You know, one yeah. kid peed his pants. Like they were just like, like. So I guess if that's the if that's the if that's the line that you're reaching, I guess you should be okay. I'm better than this kid. Well, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't piss herself. Yeah, she's going. She's gonna be a star. <laughs> she's passed the test. So then, um, well, then after this particular performance, what other kind of stuff were you doing? I mean, it, there's another clip. I'm not trying to beeline it right to the clip but you clearly had more years before you started writing short stories i yeah i mean i i was taking those dance classes <laughs> i wish i had more like the church i mean there wasn't a lot of opportunities to be honest there was like the church variety show oh god i wish i had audio from some of that yeah we still have them i mean this is a church parish them putting on like a cabaret so imagine a cabaret done by a church in the Midwest in the late 90s. In the Midwest. Thankfully, my mom was a fierce performer in the variety show always, although I don't feel like people ever quite understood how amazing her acts were. Like, people just didn't get it. Was she a performer? Yes, but in a different way. She she is, she's a flutist, you know, like she does all kinds of stuff. She's a paper doll artist, but she also, like, for example, her and her girlfriend dressed up as Sonny and Cher and lip sang to a medley and had like these really fierce costumes and like 
nobody got it. And I was like, looking back, I'm like, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. That mom was like 35 in the Midwest and she was like, I'm going to dress up like Sonny and lip sing on stage in front of a bunch of people. And like, people were just like, why? Actually, I, I'll, really funny, yeah. when lip sync always came every year to my school, I remember. <laughs> Love lip that, This school of yours, man. Like, I'm telling Woodstock you. Woodstock Elementary. Oh. Got a big enough at the Woodstock Elementary <laughs> lip sync. Uh, where I got Jeez. my break break in sixth grade for you and, you, for two. And LL Cool J come from this school as well, right? What? You know, he, he hosts that show. What are you talking about? Oh, Lip Sync oh, Battle. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, a yeah. good show, man. Oh, that's that. That's a whole other thing entirely. But yeah, I, it's I, the same deal. I, he made it a hot song, but I made it a hot line. Cause <laughs> <laughs> now, you got, now you got catchphrases? I just reversed it. What, what do you what? mean you had lip singing come to Woodstock? I don't understand. Okay, so every year... Lip sync talent show was the thing that everybody did. Get the fuck out of here. You <laughs> no did joke. not get to do that. That's brilliant. No, no, no joke. You had first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and then even the teachers got involved. And then for each grade, there would be two acts that would make it to the actual evening. And then there would be a talent show uh, portion of it, and there was not somebody who wanted to do a lip sync. I remember... The crush that I had in fifth and sixth grade, Amy Panza, saying, I dreamed a dream. But it was mostly lip syncing. And I did uh, lip sync in my sixth grade year. The only time, I think, ever, from my understanding, that they couldn't decide on two. So they just brought four of us from the sixth grade to perform. Because there were six of us in, uh, that had one to be in the show. And they couldn't decide. So they went with... The dentist from Little Shop of Horrors, my ridiculous cocktails for two from Spike Jones and the City Slickers, Don't Make Me Go to School by some random guy. I don't remember exactly the artist, so I'll probably cut this out later. Uh, and then, but then, but then there was this kid, Ian Lane, who did Cuban Pete from The Mask, which was brilliant. And yeah, the teachers got involved. They did like a Reba McIntyre song one time, Why Haven't I Heard From You? Why haven't I heard from you? And so, yeah, and so, get, <laughs> but so getting back to what you were saying before about seeing just generally your parents or any adults as children when you're wanting to sing and wanting to perform and wanting to act out and you're seeing the adults do it and like put on funny wigs, seeing our teachers get all like dressed up and pretend to be guys. Did oh. they do choreography? They had a whole thing. Oh, I love they it. had a whole thing. Big up to Miss Hancock who killed it. This is a... Oh, you know, I mean, I guess we had a school talent show. Yeah. We had a talent show. It just wasn't lip singing battle. Yeah. No, we didn't have it's a, not battle. We didn't have a talent show in Brooklyn. None it's of that. no battle per se. It's just uh, a free for all of all sorts of kids who want to like get up there. No different than what you were doing with the uh, the church variety show. It's true. You know what? Uh, I just I, I wanted to say this thing just before I forgot it. Was the thing about the Midwest? You brought up the idea that she went to this teacher who ate McDonald's for every meal. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, just, I just dip so their fries funny. in barbecue. When sauce. I was a, <laughs> I remember it now. I dip my fries in barbecue. When I was uh, when I was a kid, I used to go out to the Midwest a lot, and uh, there was these guys we knew from Indiana. This was close. They used to eat KFC for every meal. Every meal. And we used to hang out with these two guys, and uh, one guy's name was Bill Williams, and the other guy's name was Billy Williams. It was his son. There was two guys, and there was one name between them. <laughs> I just can't. It was wild. I mean, there, there was William, William, William Williams. Wow. We convinced them. To come and get Chinese with us. Mm-hmm. We were like, come and get Chinese. Oh, shit. The, you could see how anxious they were getting. Like, as we were getting there, we sat down. The grandfather, he refused to eat. He just goes, no. And we get in there. And then he leaves. And then his son goes, oh, I'll stay. He said, order for me. Get me something really plain. He's like, I don't want anything like spicy at all. 
We were like, okay, we got him uh, chicken with cashew nuts. And when the cashew nuts comes, he goes, uh, what am I supposed to do with these? Put them in my pocket? I still remember that. I'll never forget that. I remember when I moved to New York, I got a chance to do some acting alongside folks from Indiana, and they did not like seafood at all. They refused to eat any fish or anything. And I was just wondering if that might have applied to you at all, Joy, growing up in the Midwest, if you were not really someone who ate fish. I don't know if this has any real pertinence to the main story, but I was just tacking on to what he was saying before. My dad is a huge fan of eating. I would say like we he's not like in any way like obese or anything he just really appreciates I know food. but but I love that like I feel like there's there, there should be a special way so every time it's like well, he's a fan he's got a t-shirt with a hamburger I know, on it, it sounds like it, he's like saying any kind of like cuisine word like sounded way too pretentious like it, he isn't like we enjoy eating and he definitely we ate all kinds of weird shit even though we were in the Midwest like we would go out to the creek and catch crawdads and, nice and broil them and eat them like with our fingers it's like we ate all kinds of we ate lots of stuff i was a good eater i was a really good eater as a kid actually when i would go on vacation with people's families my mom would be like how was she did she behave and i'm like she can't eat she ate so much at breakfast every day what what kind of vacations did you go on well that's the thing i guess there's i guess there's all different kinds but like some families i know go on like huge cruise trips and like take all of their siblings like all everybody brings their girlfriend, and it's like a big ordeal. Like we didn't do that shit. We like went to St. Louis for vacation one year, which mm-hmm. was like an hour away. We went. I think the farthest we ever went was New Orleans. My parents weren't like into the ocean, and they really weren't into camping. Although I was, so we went to Memphis one year. But I did go. I guess I went on some cool vacations with my friends' families. Like went to Florida. I saw the ocean. First time I saw the ocean, I was sixteen. Wow. Yeah, I had all these people when I went to college. I went to college in Boston, and it snowed, and there was all these people from Florida yeah. that had never seen snow until they were adults. That was me in Ithaca, going to school with some Jamaicans who were just, like, totally freaked the fuck out when it snowed for the first and they time. And they would jump into the snow, like, in, like, pajamas. No, right. Yeah, like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's snow. And then they'd be really cold, and I'd be like, haven't you seen the movies? People aren't just hanging out in this stuff. Little kids are, but like you see every adult, like you see the look on their face. We don't like this. We don't like this. Do you know what else they don't have in Florida? They don't have um, skunks because when I was on when I was on tour with um, a bunch of kids that all were from Miami and Orlando, one of them kept saying when we were driving around, we weren't in the states. We were like in another country. We were driving around, and they kept saying. God, somebody's like growing weed around here. They kept thinking that we were passing all these weed farms. Finally, I was like, dude, that's a skunk. Like, that is not a weed field. And he was like, a skunk? Is that what that smells like? I've never smelled one before. I was like, uh, uh, it's so, yeah, it's so strong. It yeah, you'd be like, driving How could you yeah. miss it? It's almost similar. Like, there is, you know, I mean, you I, call I, weed like skunk weed. I mean, what kind of, <laughs> would that be burning the farm to smell like us the way you smell a skunk? I know. Like, when you drive on the highway, you smell a skunk. It's like, for a while yeah it's the worst i want to switch gears because i definitely want to see if there's any way we could hear figure out what's being heard here tell me a little bit about blue balloon (laughs) (laughs) without without yeah you start stifling a grin here oh so in fourth grade which was i think my favorite year of school of all of elementary why 
I guess I had a great I had a great teacher that always did like really cool activities. We like always got to use our imaginations. It wasn't so mundane and monotonous. I didn't like sit in a chair all day. She was inventive and we all had to write a story, a short story for fourth grade, and then we drew illustrations and then they sent him off to some kind of like laminating service so that it looked like we had had a book published. And then we had a night where everybody's parents came and you had to get on a microphone and read your short story aloud to everyone. So was this something that was comfortable for you or were you fr- yeah, you were I was fine. Oh, you were fine. <laughs> yeah. I was like always into you that. Were, it, that that was the same way I was. It's like any any essay? Ugh. And then they were like, "Okay, can you get into a presentation?" It's yeah, like, book report, got it. Yeah. yeah like, presentations from my understanding I think came naturally to me. It's only when I got older and I came, became too comfortable with certain types of acting that the whole nature of public speaking or like having more of a prepared speech that was less creative and more um kind of like expository, I should say. It was just sort of kind of it was a little uh, more uh, alien to me because I wasn't doing it as much as, say, pretending to be a character. Right, right. It's like yeah. peeing yourself and reading something and constantly putting your face into the paper kind of thing. Yeah. We got to yeah. just got to make a character to play saying that official stuff. What? Have you guys ever heard? God, now I can't remember. It's like there was an actor who was like doing like the method and he was like getting really in it and he was like like destroying his life and then there was like another actor next to him and was like, hey, why don't you just try acting? You know, like, he was just like, why don't you just act? Why don't you just pretend that this is going on rather than like literally do it to yourself? That's pretty great. pretty kind of That's... funny. When you look at the Oscars, in order to get nominated for an Oscar, you have to like, drop 50 pounds and like go to an island and eat shit with your hands That's what for da- real. Daniel Day-Lewis wins all the time. He's 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 the most like method guy around. It's it's like always yeah, but like what why why have we gotten to this point where you have to like mutilate yourself and get extremely unhealthy and sacrifice because people they want to be progressive so they want to jump on right. some sort of bandwagon and get credit themselves yeah, so they got well, a, they're looking for someone that's done something that they can you, yeah. you know get get on board with well, that's you, like not about the acting anymore that's about right. like how far do you want to go in torturing yourself like if you're a director like Richard Linkletter and you spent 12 years making the same film right. which in all honesty that film was really good. Boyhood's and, and, amazing. But yeah. Boyhood was nobody was hurting themselves in Boyhood. It was actually just like about family and like growing up. You yeah. Know? So it wasn't like it was more the production of creating yeah. a film that took over a decade to make. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I love Boyhood. I love that. That's, Did you guys see American Honey by chance yet? No. Joy's Film Club. We have exactly. <laughs> have the to Joy hear. Luck Club. We're gonna try and ascertain what blue fourth balloon. grade Joy is saying in Blue Balloon right oh my here. Yum, he said. 
First of all, I must say that it was a little more clear than I remembered it when I heard it the first time. But also, why were you not allowed to read the whole story? I know. I think why I... read it if you're not reading the whole thing? That just seems kind of half-assed. I agree with you. I don't know. They didn't want to sit through every kid's <laughs> shitty seven-minute long and they knew fucking that, And they knew hey, these kids won't remember it. Hold up, though. You just said that, and I believe you, that your fourth-grade teacher was so wonderful in that she allowed you to express yourself and write these stories so come times when it's your big moment and you could be sharing these stories with your parents and you don't have that big of a school and so why would they cut you off <laughs> all right that's enough I that's mean, enough we get the gist of it stop joy stop. <laughs> it's so stifling <laughs> no. i was actually kind up, of starting to get interested in the story because at the end the duck's like oh it's a duck not a dog uh, it's a duck he realizes this balloon can give him wishes, and that was always my problem with like genies and three wishes. And I think I was like, t- like getting revenge on that that metaphor. So uh-huh. I was like, fine then, I wish for never ending blue balloons, oh. so that you can always have as many wishes as you ever want. Did you have a lot of wishes when you were growing up? I guess, or I guess I just wanted to make sure that. I could just keep wishing. In my ideal world of this story, I could just wish for whatever I wanted. I remember that, I remember that conversation. That childhood conversation of a genie and three wishes. And and wh- whichever kid doesn't wish for unlimited wishes is an idiot. And I you're know. Just like, oh, you're what? like, why what? are we you, sitting dummy? through this story? You pile of money. That's going to run out. <laughs> I know. You're like, you wish. You, you know you're supposed to wish for eternal happiness, but you wish for just like a lot of wishes so that you can wish for eternal happiness but also other things yeah you, no no one really ever wishes for the genie to be free though yeah they never really think about the genie no no one I you know that's the end that's the end of aladdin of man you know wish we wishes for him to be free and robin williams is very happy yes. and you know it's just one of those things where no one ever does that i know or i'll do so Maybe you get unlimited wishes then become he just becomes your buddy and you Yo. invite him over for pizza and then he's just like you get well this time it was balloons. It was a magic balloon, I guess. Yep. Yeah. You had the one blue balloon. And... I was really good at drawing balloons, I think. That's <laughs> I always, like, have a little I was good at it. Balloons. Is and that trees is that a, is that a comment on on how bad you were at drawing? <laughs> no, actually. If you saw it it was good. Yeah. I believe that she made really good balloons. <laughs> And 
good ones. I, 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 I'm going to have to implore you to ask your mother if you could uh, somehow scrounge upon uh, some old drawings from the attic and see if you could find them. And well, I can have her take photos be too of funny if, illustrations yeah. from the blue cool. balloon. Yeah, if go you, for if it. You had like go a, you had like a blue it. balloon tattoo. And people were like, what's that? And you're like, you, you, don't, you, you don't know how to know. You, you'll, you'll figure it out. Uh, you know, one day, if you wish, <laughs> maybe you'll find <laughs> let's, let's take a breather for one second. When we come back, Joy, you have to share with us some excerpts from Dear Diary. All right? Deal? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't wait. Lost and Rewound. <laughs> Being joined here on Radio Free Brooklyn's Lost and Rewound with actor, singer, performer, awesome, funny lady extraordinaire, hey. Joy Dons. <laughs> that was more like Joy Fons. Oh, hey. And uh, I caught that. Sometimes when I tell people my last name, I'm like, it's like Fons, you go with a D. We're very pleased that you've made it here because <laughs> you have a show coming up. And I believe it may be possible for you to, because you've memorized your whole show, to share maybe one or two excerpts from the show. It's called Dear Diary, and it's all excerpts from your sixth grade diary. It is. Um, I have one right now that I think may be good. That's good. I guess I'll say, like, begin, and then I'll do it. Okay. You have the floor. Begin. I'm writing because tonight ranks up there with one of my top five funnest nights. It was Mandy's birthday party. Her mom drove us all the way to Cape to go ice skating, and there were these boys there, and this one boy, Matt, was so cute. I mean, cute. I would give up all of my dolls, well, almost all of my dolls, to go out with him. He's so sweet. And... I don't do it like that in the show. Fair. It's just me reading it. That was, uh, that was great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, got, I got thoroughly interested in the depth of this childhood. What was your relationship with boys? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I was, in the character description of the show, like if anybody else ever did it, the character description is sixth grader coming into her sexuality aggressively Thinks about boys every 5.3 seconds. Scorpio, Moon, and Aries, which I think is important, too. Mm -hmm. I also have a quote in the book that says, Colby and I broke up. And you know what? He can go suck a cow's ass. <laughs> so can my mom. <laughs> that is, like, how I started an entry. It was, like... Like, who says go suck a cow's ass? And I wasn't trying. I was writing to myself. That's, like, literally what I wanted to say. Like, he can go suck a cow's ass. I don't even know how to do that. I mean, you know, sometimes you just got to drop some insults that <laughs> are clearly very Midwestern-based. Yeah, it's true. It's livestock. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go down? Because the cow's cows are right over there. <laughs> how long ago did you come across this diary? And what made you decide that this had to be a one-woman show? Here's the thing, Alon. I never didn't know where that diary was. It was so sacred. It was hidden away from everyone in life itself until about seven years ago when um, two childhood friends were over and we were kind of dicking around in my old childhood bedroom and I was like, oh my God, Like, I think I'm going to get down this like journal and read it. 
And they grabbed it and they started reading the entries out loud. And that was when I realized, like, oh, I don't have to be so precious with it. This is hilarious. Hilarious. And I was like, and someone was like, I think somebody else said it to me. Somebody else was like, dude, that sounds like a one, that sounds like some kind of like one woman show. Like, you need to just like get up and read those entries. And so I thought about going to like a comedy club night and reading them and then I was like I'm not a stand-up comedian I'm not a comedian like I'm an actor so I was like why don't I just write a fucking play and put the put the uh, based on the entries and like it's pretty verbatim I mean Mm -hmm. not every entry obviously made the cut because there's plenty that you know I didn't put in but it's pretty verbatim there's even an entry where I'm drunk i'm like messed i'm all fucked up and there's like an intro i was like doing nitrous remember like kids would do nitrous you were you really when you were 12 i'm telling you i was playing with dolls but then was also like doing drugs running around i was just like childhood was real childhood is real i mean yeah terrified to have a girl like what if she's like i was yeah i feel like i'm gonna get punished (laughs) (laughs) i just i just know i just can feel the future (laughs) were guys thinking that you were cooler because you were drinking at 12 or was it a little more difficult for you to relate to boys your age i was always boy crazy there's like even a line where i say i mean in the journal half of the half of the show is me trying to steal someone else's boyfriend justin r all I right like wanted him bad and she kept saying she's gonna break up with him she didn't and um there's Let's an entry speed things up <laughs> there's an entry where i say me and chris french kissed three or four weeks ago but it don't matter because i broke up with him two days ago i like justin i've been flirting out of my mind with him that's what i said flirting out of my mind i don't even know what that means out of my mind flirting what is out of your mind flirting flirting? with reckless abandon (laughs) no when you don't you you don't remember how much that stuff mattered when you were in middle school. I literally can go back and I can point out every girl in a book, you know, my, in my old yearbook that I, that there was some sort of fling or just like, like we exchanged that we liked each other over aim. Yep. We talked about that aim game, game. that aim game, you know? Yeah. It's a big, everything's a really big deal. And I don't think I was drinking, to try to, because I wasn't fitting in, I was like drinking to try to, I think, get attention from older guys who were understanding what I was trying to like put off sometimes. I don't know. We um, had Sam Z on the show a few episodes ago, and we covered a little bit about that inevitable sexual energy that occurs when you're doing a, a musical, a show with your. Cons- yeah, exactly. With your castmates, um, showmans. Show <laughs> That's what I call it. I call it a showman. Yeah, I never heard. That's Mind good. Blown. That's good. Mind blown. I can't believe I didn't think that. Up. But that's that is exactly what it is, and I'm going to remember that from now on, dude. This it's is ingrained. It's in my right brain. up there with bromance. Just yeah, just my last show. I was like, girl, you're just having a showmance. It's all going to be over in a few weeks. Did you partake in a little showmance? Are you allowed to talk I... about a showmance? I Damn. did have a boy. We did Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor coat my junior he, year. Did did he have that coat on? Was he was coat? Joseph, and I was um, co-narrator. Was oh, okay. There we had two narrators, and at the end of 
the final closing night, he asked me out on stage in front of everybody. What? I know. Wait a second. I was like mad about it. Yeah, that's. Come I was on. like, dude, you no, can't, you can't do that. That takes everybody out of the story. That's, that's like proposing to your end girlfriend. Of the show, in front of at the, the whole end, family. it ended, and we were giving like gifts to the theater teacher, and then he turned around. And he was like, he's also was Joseph. So he was like in the Technicolor coat, he could do whatever the fuck he wants, totally <laughs> abusing his power. And he's like, Joy, will you go out with me? And I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? That no. sucks, man. And then later I was like, okay, fine. I'll go out with you. <laughs> it still worked. So but it worked. I'm mad about it. <laughs> so it worked. That's, That's that coat, man. He was a little shit, though. Coat. He was just being a shit. Did I, did I say on the, on, on the show well, before you, that, you, uh, what? that there was a, not me, but there was, I had a girl that had a crush on me on a show, but there was, from one of my high school shows, a, Which couple, one? A, Which couple, a couple that got married, and they just got married like a month ago. Or I something. think you said this off air, but what? tell, tell us about it. Uh, I was I did Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. Who are you? Quickly. And I was Demetrius. Okay. And I played like a really pompous, <laughs> rich jerk. Like I became like the comedic relief, basically. And I was all like scummy and like it was that guy that comes yeah. on like oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> oh for sure. And um, so I played Demetrius and Lysander and Hermia got married. Right. Oh, for real. For yeah. Real. Like wow. for, like they were like they dated in the show and in. At the time, um, she was dating Puck. Oh, no. Yeah. She wow. Did, she married Lysander because of that showman. Wow. Yes. Yes. I, I never had a showman's. Um, I barely had any interest from the opposite sex while I was uh, doing shows. <laughs> what? <laughs> You could just you could have just you could have just done the next question. You didn't have to go into that. that. Yeah, you didn't notice. Yeah, I, dude, because I didn't. No, you don't get guys. Don't get the women have the radar much earlier. Yeah. I didn't get the radar until I was older. Like it was hard for me to figure out a woman it liked is, me. Yeah, it's like literally guys don't get it. You're like on the you're some guys on the some guys never do. I'm like let's play boys chase girls, and they're like. No, we just want to play tag with yeah, each other. Girl co- I'm like, you don't get it. Yeah, gr- I want you to chase A me. girl comes over and like punches you in the mouth. She really likes you. Like, How hard is that to tell? That's all you need to know. Yeah. If, she, if she makes physical contact with you, she doesn't touch boys she doesn't girls like. Are, girls are pretty obvious. They yank so on your maybe, hair. Maybe. They, you know. But I could see Alon they brand like you with being a hot really iron. into what he was doing that he didn't notice. I probably didn't You notice. were in love with the tape recorder. There was probably, a, there was probably <laughs> a quiet true. girl. There was probably like a quiet theater girl who like liked Alon because he was like nice and friendly and goofy. I cannot think of any instance that I had any sort of romance, fling, etc. that was connected with a play that I was in. And God forbid that I ever even like focus on being in a show just so that I, I can like link up with somebody for some no, I guess like self serving purposes. I don't think like, anyone that that had get, even gets involved in the showman's got involved in the show because of that. Well, it just I mean, happens from the correct. from the chemistry. Correct. It depends correct. on if you do grease, I feel like <laughs> Yes. Speaking of which, <laughs> well, I had, a show, it I had a weird showman's in Greece. Tell us about that. Well, they did Greece at our school because they what needed the of... boys. Oh, sophomore year. Okay. They needed more boys to try out for the musicals. Only girls were showing up for the auditions. So they picked a musical like Greece, which is, you know, where guys get to look really cool. And basically the girl gives up all of her moral values to, like, get the guy to like her, basically. So it's not... Doesn't have the best morals, but like. But it's like what it's yeah. the, the golden age of the United States. But the guy playing Danny <laughs> was dating my next door neighbor, 
And he like started to get some kind of like weird thing with me. And I was like, hmm. dude. Did he slowly comb his hair? <laughs> he would call me and be like, hey, do you need a ride to rehearsal tonight? And I'd be like, no. And he'd be like, oh, well, I'm at Amanda's, my neighbor. I can drive you there. And then he would like try, like finding ways to like keep hanging out. And then she thought that like I liked him and she started crying at this field party. You know what I'm talking about? Field parties? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. I do know. Crying by the fire at this field party. And I was like, girl, I have another boyfriend. He goes to the public school. Nobody even knows about it. I don't like Danny Zuko. Mm-mm. Man, I got boys. Well, uh. let's take a quick listen to, there's this one portion of Summer Nights that you uh, requested. I would we... prefer that we listen more towards the end because I like to hear the bad harmonies. Done. <laughs> Coming right up. <laughs> Serving it up. Friends and family in the audience. This is sort of retribution, I guess, huh? Oh, man. That was so funny. I was so bummed every time we got to that part. I was like, God, fuck. This is going to sound so bad. Yeah, I had a a school play where there was um, a song. There was a couple of songs, actually, that the woman cast to, to sing them could not hit the notes. And we knew... Every rehearsal, every time the show was going to go, we were just there like, oh, like in the show, we'd be like crossing our fingers and no one was going to walk out. Like, it, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. He's in probably the most popular town band now. What? In my hometown. There's a... But isn't your hometown like 500 people? Yeah. He's in a band. He's the lead singer and they play around the region. My first French kiss in Dear Diary, he's actually a famous country singer now. Amazing. He has a song called Buy Me a Boat. All right. It's <laughs> It's a song about boats. He like he like opened for like Garth Brooks and stuff. I mean, I've got a, a checkered past with boats. <laughs> I was like, what are you gonna say right now? I got a checkered pass. I got boats. a checkered pass with a camera and I know I'm going caravan. <laughs> I like that you whipped out. <laughs> Is, uh, isn't that, that's not the first time we've mentioned catamarans on this show, right? Oh, no, no. I, I brought it back. Catamarans. I, I brought it back. I brought it back for sure. I feel Come like on. I feel like that's definitely a type of boat we talked about on this show. We, we talked about with our buddy Tyler Gillespie on, uh, on the second episode of season three. See, look at this. This guy, he has an actual ar- archive and library Memories. of knowledge. For me, it's just like, it's like memento. Like, I think one day I heard someone say this word. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard it. 
<laughs> I'm just going to say it outright. I'm a little bit envious of the fact that you are a professional actor. Like you, that's how your main source of income. You, you do not stop. And that is so thrilling to know that somebody in New York can just do it and keep hustling and keep hustling. And these guys out in Missouri who are just like doing their music and they're thinking about Joy Dons and she's like, oh, she's a professional actor now. They do. They don't you feel like people like don't get it? Like you go home and they'll say like, "So is Joy still trying to do that Broadway thing?" They don't get that it's not just Broadway or being an A-lister. That there's like all this stuff in between that you can do. Like, or people say like, "Oh, you like theater and stuff? You should just do Broadway." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I should. Thanks. You know, just what? like that. Yeah. I hate that. Now stuff. that you mention it. Oh, dude. Like... Big up to Colin Israel, my one of my roommates that I had when I was living in Astoria. He is a Broadway actor. But honestly, I would never want to be a Broadway actor because I seeing like the kind of grind and the hustle that he put forth to do what he's doing now is tremendous. And I realize I've been acting my entire life. But there's no reason why my grind has to be the same as his grind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody's got a different way of going about it. 100%. I think it's really tricky when you're when you have a kid and you're going through education and like you you want to be an artist, you know, because like so much of our education is based on like the right answer. You know, like raise your hand and give the right answer. I felt like that was my life up until I got out of high school. And so I go into being an artist trying to, like, do it the right way or make the right choice as an actor. And all that is detrimental to your art and to your work, I feel. It's not about doing it right. It's about doing it your way, the right way for you. And so I always try to keep having, like, big aha moments in my – Yeah, as, like, an artist. Like, what? where am I at now? And, like – I think I had one about a year ago that was giving up the idea of like asking for permission or waiting for someone to give you permission and just instead just be like, well, I'll just generate. Permission from who? Yeah. Who am I from you who is casting this or from that? Like, who am I waiting for permission from? I could just do it and hopefully things will come from it. And then the other one recently was, oh, I may just live this one life. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So... Anytime I have this excuse come in the forefront of like why I'm not going to do something to take things further, because it's really hard as an actor, your brand is yourself. Do you have your website? Do you have your blah? Are you meeting casting? Are you doing this? And like I would I would put these like blocks in the way of like, well, I don't have my website up, so I don't really want to go try to meet an agent. And I was like, you are living once, so do it. Like what is the fear, you know? And so I'm trying to just keep like – having really intense forward motion because I'm going to be 30 now and I feel like I got some shit under my belt and I'm ready to just like go hard, I think. Go hard. Or commit to no, just that's, keep that's, trying to go. That's the way to do it. That's it's, the way to do it. It's tough. But I think you are right. Nobody's path is the right path. It's it's only right for them. It's yours, yeah. The, but the key is to keep going forward. The key, The key is to keep going and not let yourself get in your own way. That dude said it in Luke Cage, yeah. It's to say, always forward, never backward. Joy, do you want to do a little plug-in for your your, your uh, show yeah. coming up? It is going to be a week it, from today. Yes, so November 3rd um, at 
Theater Row, the studio theater. And I, you got to get tickets online, but I guess you can get them at the door, too. <laughs> you can get them at the yeah, door, but you want to be prepared. You know, come on. You just put a little effort. As of recording time, there are still tickets available. There are still tickets. I think we're over halfway sold out. And it's a part of the United Solo Theater Festival. Yeah. So all the shows All the shows are solo shows. If anybody wants to see more of what you have coming up in the works, then you've got joydons.com as your main website. Is there any other places that people could see? Well, I have a theater company as well um, that I'm the associate artistic director of. Okay. It's called Baby Crow Productions. All of our work, the mission statement is like something that is... Shows that are socially and politically responsible and give back and also have non-traditional collaborative roles in the room. So, like, the, it's not just director, playwright, actor. It's a lot of, like, how can we overlap these and work together and not just be so strict in our roles. So those are kind of what we're into. We've done some cool stuff. Our artistic director, she's in California teaching right now, though, so we're kind of on hold. But actually, Baby Crow is helping produce Dear Diary as well. And my Excellent. director is from Baby Crow as well. So we're a little cohort. My dad's not stop. Amazing. That sounds good. Sounds good. Well, we look forward to seeing the show, and thanks so much again to you, Joy, for yeah, being here. For yes, thank you so much for coming out. We'll be back in a little bit <laughs> to wrap things up. amazing show and thank you so much for listening get ready to dance with radio free brooklyn's newest partner secondhand records nyc it is the newest addition to our rfb studios here in bushwick beautiful bushwick beautiful bushwick in case you don't know you can keep your party going with a collection of new and old 45s lps and 12 inch singles at great bushwick friendly prices Find your favorite vinyl dance hits from every generation, funk to house, jazz to techno, and all them beats in between. Beats. <laughs> if you can dance to it, then Secondhand Records NYC sells it. Visit the shop to buy, sell, and trade your favorites seven days a week from 12 to 8 p.m. Or shop anytime online at www.secondhandrecordsnyc.com. That's secondhandrecordsnyc.com, now located at the new... Radio Free Brooklyn Studios at 1345 DeKalb Avenue, right near the Central Ave M Stop here in Bushwick. And hey, while you're there, do very much enjoy your great music shows here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yes, I think every commercial needs a hype man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hype, hype, hype. Instead of back, just like, yeah, get your wallet out. You know, credit cards. <laughs> Is you that, got it. Play <laughs> <that>, the <laughs> Flames got some uh, competition, clearly, from you, Jimmy. You're the hype man. I, no? I, I mean... I could be. <laughs> well, could be. Well, 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 I could be. <laughs> thanks again to Joy Johns for being here, and we will see you here next week. Season three is wrapping up. Season four is beginning. Remember, submit your stuff to us at lostandrewound at gmail.com. We will see you next week. I am Alon. And I am Jimmy. Tune in right here on Radio Free Brooklyn.
Dorcas. Dorcas and Elmo. Those were their names. I don't know, man.